Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about the power of the voice of customer, VOC, for those that have heard those letters before, and why it's so critical for sales execs to understand and sales reps to utilize. you got to keep in mind, people buy from people, and people buy for emotional reasons, and then justify it with logic. So understanding the customer is critical. To tackle that topic today, we have with us Jeff Kozer, CEO of sales software firm Selling to Zebras. Uh, some of you have probably heard of Jeff know his name. He's also an award-winning author of the widely respected book, Selling to Zebras, was recognized in Andrew Clancy's The Sales Gurus as one of the best sales authors of all time and is a sought-after keynote speaker. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. So, Jeff, first, I want to thank you for taking time to be on the show today. Hey, Chad, thank you. That was a great introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I, I practiced in the mirror. <laughs> uh, so before we jump in, we ask all of our guests kind of a, an initial first question, just so people can get a sense for who they are. And you've had quite the career. And I'm curious, if you look back, was there a defining moment or something that happened that taught you a lesson that you go back to over and over again? Kind of what was that moment? What did you learn? And why do you keep going back to it? So, so I, I I saw your question, which you you uh, were gracious enough to to uh, <laughs> coach me that you were going to ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and you know the here here's the lesson: jump jump when you feel the urge. And what I mean by that, I, I was with actually with with uh, the computer side of the same company you you referenced before, <laughs> and uh, um, I I had sold a, a pretty large software deal. It was about one point one million, and the uh, the services for that were going to be significant. hadn't really been completely worked out yet, but it would have ended up being multiple millions over the years. It was an ERP solution, and it was to a division of of Textron, so it's you know multi multinational company, and uh, and the computer services firm that that uh, designed the software. We won't mention the name, but um, <laughs> sometimes their name is synonymous with making a copy. How's that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they decided that the mainframe that we had sold this on, that that particular version of the software had a hole in it, a technology hole in it. This was a new CTO that came on board, and he said it couldn't be fixed. I, I'd never experienced anything like this. And this this deal was worth you know six figures to me personally. And, uh, and they were going to pay me uh, to stay, but they were going to pay me over a two-year period <laughs> to lock me Golden in. handcuffs. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and I left to join Bon, and that was the the best decision I ever made in my life. I walked away from a lot of money, but walked into an opportunity that you know shaped me and taught me so much. And you know, so as so the lesson was, you know, when you feel the urge to jump jump don't hesitate just do it yes excellent all right so let's do the the typical intro stuff now so give us a for people out there that have heard of the book selling to zebras um, there's also a company called selling to zebras help uh, our audience understand kind of the focus and mission of the company so so a zebra first of all a zebra is is um your perfect prospect 
it's and it's based on your perfect customer. So you 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 work through the process, which we define in the book. You you come up with the seven attributes that make up a zebra, and and uh, you 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 define who your best customer is, and then you uh, you measure all of your future prospects against that best customer, and you measure it and you score it. And we have a red, yellow, green system. It's simple. It's fast. It's easy, and it has to be or sales guys wouldn't do it right <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and the reason we call it a zebra uh, is because when you, you know, a zebra is distinctive. You know, it's it's not a horse. It doesn't look like any other animal. Nothing has stripes like that. You know, it's just so obvious when you look at a zebra that you can't confuse it for any other animal. And, and the analogy is that when you look at your, your best prospects and your best customers, they should be just as distinctive to you. Excellent. And so the company, when, you, when you're building that company, what are you guys focused on? Um, so today we're, we're, we're a little bit different today. So we, what we've done over the years, um, it used to be really expensive to, to, uh, to engage with a client and to, and to teach them how to sell the way we, we do it, uh, to build a value model the way that we used to do it. Um, and we used to do it in Excel in the early days. <laughs> yes. And it, it didn't look like Excel, so it was really cool, but it was <laughs> <laughs> but it was still Excel. <laughs> A lot of Visual Basic, and and uh, but um, but that you know we literally built a new model for each client each time, and that was very expensive. It took a long time, and what we've done over the years is we've actually put that into software now, so literally an individual seller could 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 use it and do it. So that that's where we're going. Excellent, excellent. So let's let's back up and start with kind of the genesis of the concept. From from what I've read, it appears this this came to you when you were working at Bond. You mentioned them earlier. Um, you go to Bond, you are excited to make the jump, you encourage people to make the jump, but what was it, what happened at Bond that gave birth to this idea? So there were, there were a couple things that happened. So the first one, you know, when I left that other company and joined Bond, I, I joined um, the, the Bond USA organization, which was brand new. They, they had, um, they had two customers. They were both sold through independent resellers in the U.S. from the Netherlands. Uh, they were, you know, that's where the headquarters for Bond was, and they were sold poorly, and and they were both unhappy, and and uh, <laughs> both were both were actually suing Bond. <laughs> <laughs> So sometimes when I present, I say we had minus two customers. You know? <laughs> so we, you know, the first zebra we produced, we, we brainstormed with some of the best in the company, some of the folks from R&D that knew deep, uh, deep secrets about what we did that was unique. We mapped it out. Who would care for it? If we could care about that, whose whose problem did we solve? Where did they live in the organization? And and a very bright guy, Kevin Calderwood, actually took all these notes from the whiteboard and that night created the first Bond Zebra. Nice. And, yeah, and he says I did it, Chad. I, I didn't. You know, he, he's, he's he's that kind of leader. You know, he he gave the credit to somebody else. I led the whiteboard discussion, but he distilled it into what became known as the Bond Zebra. But but we did that just to survive because, you know, SAP was already in the U.S. They were already a fifty million dollar business in the U.S. Oracle was here. They were already you know you know very big in database, but they were also in in ERP already and and, and quite large and. 
and those were our competitors on on every deal. And so, you know, why would somebody buy from a company that's headquartered in the Netherlands that doesn't have any customers? And this is critical software that runs every facet of your business. You know, who who would do that, right? (laughs) Trust only goes so far when you're talking about that type of investment. (laughs) Exactly. And and then the second part of this came into being when I'd been with with Bond for about three years, and and we were we had a lot of success. We had sold some big name companies. You know, Boeing had bought Snap on Tools was first, and Boeing had bought and many others. And then we bought a supply chain company called Burke Lane out of Canada, and um, and and they hadn't grown. We we had owned them for about a year, and supply chain was hot. Uh, do you remember I two? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I too remember that. <laughs> yeah, so well, so back back when I too sprang up, you know, nobody knew what supply chain was, right? I mean, it wasn't a common word, it wasn't a common phrase in our vernacular, and I too made it common, and and really Eli Goldratt, who wrote the book, wrote the book The Goal, made it made it a uh, common language for all of us. But uh, Bond bought this this little company that was only $1.4 million in annual revenues at the time. And they hadn't done anything with it for a year, but the industry was on fire. And they, they asked me to move over and run that. And, and we then created the Zebra for supply chain. And then what we did was we created a, a model around the business issues we solved and the value that we created by solving them. And that was the first time we ever created a business case around this that was actually produced by the software. We did it in Excel even back then. And, um, and we took that that little supply chain business, and and when I left a couple of years later, it was it was almost eighty million in annual wow. revenues. Yeah, nice. yeah. Very so cool. it was fun. So you start with so you you're a bond. You define the first zebra. You're using Excel. I'm sorry. I'll apologize for the rest of us that you had to use Excel to do that. I remember ugh, having to put Visual Basic over Excel. Yes. But then now you're transitioning into this into a software company. What what was the genesis of that, and what has that been like? Uh, well, uh, some some success and some failure. Um, so the first the first attempt, you know, we, 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 we all joke about Excel, but it's probably the best application Microsoft ever produced, right? <laughs> true, true. You know, it's amazing, right, what you can do with it. And it's hard to replace. And, and the first version that we, the first software that we had produced, uh, we actually did it in Poland, and we gave away part of the company to do it. Um, you know, we, we kind of bartered it for a piece of the company, and uh, and it failed. And um, and it and the reason it failed is because it did exactly what we asked them to program. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, you know, we can laugh now. I paid a lot for that education. Oh, yeah, that was an expensive one. It was. It was. But the so the third version of our software, um, we brought a guy in who is, he, he's our CTO, Tom. And he had worked with Siebel back, um, you know, for the listeners that don't know, Siebel and some others kind of created the the CRM, the, the customer relationship management space, right? So before Salesforce, there was Siebel. And he was there in the early days. And, and what he forced us to do was sit down and, and design. We literally designed for a year and 
wireframed things and and decided as much what we weren't going to do as what we were going to do. And he was really good at simplification. And um, before we ever coded anything, um, you know, he had it. He had it mapped out. Uh, it was all with intelligent design, so that it would shrink down to an iPhone, so you could score on an iPhone. It would work on an iPad. You know, it was Amazon AWS. You know, right. which is nothing new around that today. But three, four years ago, that was still pretty novel, right? Um, there not a lot of little companies were doing that. Not a lot of not, not a lot of people knew about that, and and we did that, and that was under his direction. And and when we came out to, with this version, so so all the coding, by the way, was was done in Sri Lanka. And, oh, and, offshore, <laughs> it it was. So so we went from Poland to Sri Lanka. So you, <laughs> you, you know you'd think we'd be smarter, right? But, <laughs> But, it, but that turned out to be beautiful because he had a relationship with this offshore firm and already knew them, already trusted them. And, and the guys we have there working on our, on our coding and our design guys here, are, you know, those, those guys are our guys. We pay for them as, a, as an offshore, but, but they're our guys. It's been the same team from the beginning, and, and they're still with us. And, and, um, and our guys have grown to be great designers, and, and we give them really good direction. And, and um, you know we do a scrum every night at ten o'clock, and uh, and that's that's the key. It, it works, uh, but it's because of the uh, the constant diligence together. Yeah, it does. I mean, to be that agile and to incorporate offshore resources, I've had my fair share of headaches with that. I'm, I'm glad to hear that the lessons learned uh, turned positive for you. Yeah, and it was really Tom's leadership and Brent, who who now designs, and, and others who design the software now that that that's really made that work. Even if you've been in sales for decades, new technology, new buyers, and new dynamics create challenges your team may not be ready for. Value Prime Solutions enables you to focus on sales, on the prospects and customers, not the noise. And the sales framework you implement with them is simple, scalable, and proven. Check out valueprimesolutions.com and ask how they can help you beat your target. Let's talk about your first book for a minute, Selling to Zebras. It's widely recognized as a great sales book. It's pointed to by other respected sales leaders. Puts you in the company of some of the top echelon sales authors in the world. Um, but a lot of authors, you know, a lot of people have awesome ideas and never write a book. I'm curious, what was the genesis? How did you get to the point where you felt like the book was necessary and, and then, you know, made it through the painful process of actually creating it? So necessary... Um, I don't know if I ever thought it was necessary. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I liked it. You know, I you know the companies that I was working with at the time had the same problem, right? But they all thought they were unique. Um, and I just wrote a story, and I did it in a way. So I, I so I mentioned Eli Goldratt's book before the the goal. Have right. you ever read that one? Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah so it's a novel, right? right. So it's par it's a parable, and 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 there you know it you know I didn't know that I was doing this because I I just copied that theme, but I was using the hero method theme when I copied that approach. I you know there's this there's a sales guy sales leader who's 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 in trouble, and you know he's he's not going to meet his numbers again, and and he needs a solution, 
and and the business needs him to find a solution so there's you know there's this there's this problem there's a quest for the solution you know there's a treasure because there are ideas out there. You know, there's a guru that helps them. You know, we call him Kent Clark, right? Not, <laughs> that's, you know, not to be confused with Clark Kent, you know, <laughs> done on purpose, right? To be a little playful. And and, uh, and then he figures it out and his world is a better place and the rest of the world is a better place and he succeeds. So there's, you know, the whole healed land thing from, and, and there's a really good book on that on this topic, by the way, how to do this in business that, that just came out um, in fact, you should talk to her, Catherine Gillette, called Catherine the Hero Gillette. Method. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. I'm writing it down, though. Catherine. Yeah, I'll connect you with her. Okay. The Hero Very Method nice. by Catherine Gillette. So, you know, unbeknownst to me that, that this is, you know, she says that all good movies follow this theme, you know, all good novels. So that's the way the book was written. And the only reason I did it was because I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be fun to read. And... um and and and, um, and it didn't actually get published till it was the third version. By the way, <laughs> ah, so there was you had your own hero's journey on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Excellent. It, well, and now there's a new. You're working on a new one. Have a new one that just came out called Voice of the Customer. What's the genesis behind this one? So that's an ebook, and that one is is actually free on our website. And 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 the reason we did that was because. Um, the, the whole core of what we teach comes from messaging from the customer and and the voice of the customer is is something that is is um, it's not easy to do and there are some secrets to how to do it and uh, so we kind of wanted to just put them out there in detail and and um, you know as we talked with potential investors in selling to zebras um, they all said hey you know the thing we're worried about that isn't scalable we, we we don't know if this voice of the customer thing is scalable you know and even even executives where we had done where they had become customers um, wondered if it was so we we wanted to figure out how do you teach that so that's what we did so we've trained partners on that now and we now have partners that do that work and and sell and implement our software and and that's made us scalable and so we put the secret sauce in a book and and even though it's out there it doesn't mean it's easy but it's out there that way right well i mean it's so many people i forget what the stat was something like um all the sales books out there and only like 11 percent of sales people actually read them so it's like you can give all this stuff away for free because they're not going to do it they're going to need <laughs> they're going to they need, need help. help they need help yeah. <laughs> right. even if they read it they're still going to need help right, right. <laughs> and one of the things the book focuses on is getting access to power and understanding the business pr power uh, problem that they actually solve which near and dear to my heart something i talk about all the time i'm curious from your perspective and your experience why do most companies and sales reps struggle with this to me it seems like a common sense thing almost but it, it takes up the vast majority of our billable hours is working with customers on this i'm curious uh your perspective on that isn't that the truth? What you just said is exactly the truth. And, you know, common sense isn't very common. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, if you ask, I, I do presentations at, like you guys do. And, and um, one of the first questions I'll ask a room full of CEOs. First, I get I bring my little zebra pad. So it's a three by three inch, you know, little sheet of paper, stack of them. And it's got zebra print. And I give every one of them 
a little three by three inch piece of paper, obviously very small, and I asked them to write down the business problem they solve on that little sheet. So it's, you know, it's a very short or it's a short building elevator pitch, right? right. <laughs> and, and what they invariably do is they tell me what their company does or they tell me what their product does, but they don't talk about the problem they solve for power. And so the, you know, the person that would approve the, their, the purchase for their solution, they don't frame it in their eyes. And like you said, it's, 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 it's a natural thing, but it's not a common thing. And it's not always real easy to figure out. It's, it's kind of like your kind of like your mission, right? You know, missions always look easy when you read them off somebody's wall. But. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to pay how much money to have somebody develop that for me? Yeah, well, sit down and try and do it. It's not easy. Yep, it isn't. It's not easy at all. Um, so, if there were, if the listeners wanted to know, like the the most important thing that they would learn from reading the ebook voice of the customer, what would it be? So, so that it that getting to power is what's what's key, and you have to earn the right to get to power. And and I know you know what I mean by it when I say power. So power uh, power is the person that can buy even without a budget, and and is probably the person that okayed your purchase, even if they've been a customer for years. There was there's somebody in that chain of command that signed off on it. So many times, what we've learned is that. When we do voice of the customer work and we ask our customers who is power within their customer, they don't even know who it is. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yep. Some, sometimes they never met them or they met them when they first got business and they've not had a relationship since. And the only way you can get back to that person is to earn the right. And, and we talk about how you do that. You know, you have to study their website. You have to study their industry. You have to study a little bit about their competitors. And then you have to frame what business problem you think you solve for them so that you can go verify it or get clarity. You know, they'll straighten you out. But you, but you, have, to, you have to do your homework and come prepared with a pretty solid business message to earn the right to talk with them for 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, and that it's such it's a it's a respect thing too, especially today, right. right? I mean, you see all of these B two C experiences, right? You hear Apple and all these guys talking about design and, and the experience that it delivers. Well, now that's translating especially into B two B, and those expectations for how people want to be engaged with it starts with respect and, and understanding them, having empathy for where they're at, and understanding what they're dealing with. It's not about you. Like every time I ask a customer, or hell, even when I started a new job, hey, what's the value? What's the the value that we provide. Oh, our, our software does this, or our people are the smartest or, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not what I'm asking. That's great nope. that we've got that, but that's not what I'm asking. What is the business problem we're solving for our customer? What's the value to them? And people struggle with that. I don't know if it's just hard for them to get out of their heads or what. Yeah. You know, it's, they, they just never asked. You know, they, they, they were successful without knowing and, and that's perpetuated that cycle. Uh, with, okay, I could see that. With, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you just get so comfortable too, right? It's like, oh, I, I need to learn, especially I feel bad sometimes for reps that get onboarded in new companies, right? Like you've got all this product stuff that you're getting taught. So then why would your sales management be surprised that you come out and all you want to talk about is you and your product? You just spent three, six, eight weeks getting onboarded through you know, all this product training, but nobody was showing you how to temper it to approach the company or to talk to people that can actually sign the checks. 
And and you fall in love with your own product. And, and you know, that happened to us, too. The, you know, going back to that first version of software that we produced that wasn't Excel, we found ourselves talking about that damn product, you know, because <laughs> we were really proud of it, sure. you know. But that's not why anybody ever bought from us. Right. Isn't that funny? I mean... <laughs> You know, I, we sat back one day and we said, we're doing what we teach not to do, you know? Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes. You get into the, you drink the Kool-Aid on the product, you get into the pace of the sales profession, and being able to be self-aware enough to throttle yourself and really look at things objectively, it gets tough, right? You get, it's easy to get caught up in, especially, God forbid, somebody's chasing a commission check, right? You see those big deals and it's like, all of a sudden the blinders yes. come on. Yes, they do. They did. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you work with clients to do the voice of the customer work, um, how do you then help them? Okay, so you've, you've, you've kind of shaken them a little bit. You've got them focused on, on the customer, not necessarily themselves. What kind of challenges and, and how do you approach actually getting them to then leverage those findings internally? So what we do then... So the, the 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 VOC work gets still distilled down to into the the critical business issues that they say, or the reasons they bought, and then what value was created by 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 addressing those those business issues and it and it's economic value it's 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 quantified, and then what we do is we help them develop a range. So here's the business issue you solve for this industry set for this type of economic buyer, and here's the range of value you can create. And then we, we, we create a predictive model around that, and the software does that now really easily for us. Um, and you can then approach them, you know, you can then approach uh, additional prospects with that are similar to, to, to the where you've had success. And you can uh, have a dialogue that says, look, I, I'm trying to humbly earn the right. Um, I did my homework. You know, I, I, I think you're really similar to other zebras of mine let me tell you what that is here's what i found you know i think you've got the problem i solve and here's the value i would create this is a hypothesis and the next step if, if this is intriguing and if i've done the right homework and you're the right person that cares about this i'd like to move into a verification step with you with the people you trust because when you're with power that could be just a 15-minute conversation literally sure. and Right. And then they direct you to their subject matter experts. And then you do what you normally would did before. You know, you, you, you prove it. But now you're you're proving something that's a little different. And you do your selling in between the cracks. Right. Right. right? Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let's let's pivot here a little bit and talk about um, selling to Zebras, the company. So what is what is your guys top business goal right now? So our, our goal is to help other companies build build a business around us. So we're, we're teaching others how to do the voice of the customer work, literally how to do this, create the materials that we create for the clients and and uh, turn them loose. And because our real goal, you know, it's it's lofty and you'll probably laugh um, and, and, and we won't achieve it till I'm gone. But but we want to change the way the world sells. We, we literally think the world would be a better place if everybody sold this way. So that that's our goal. Hey, hey there's nothing wrong with lofty goals, and and there, I applaud that. Actually, I, I come from a I come from a background where uh, 
too often people don't set goals like that and they are much like they want to talk about themselves it's all focused on them so to to hear that's actually inspiring so uh, you don't get a laugh for that one sorry okay <laughs> well 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 thank you so we'll laugh after <laughs> yeah we'll we'll laugh after um so what problems uh, are you guys currently encountering uh, that are you know problematic in order to achieve that goal well teaching others how to do the voc work does take time um and and we had we had uh, you and i were talking before before when we were um just getting to know each other a little bit and and you know some of the certification that we put in place was tedious and and uh wasn't the best way to to teach it so now we're sort of on our next version of that and and i and i think that's getting better so but that's a challenge is how do you how do you speed that up um and um <clears throat> and make others successful doing that work, um, and then after that, the rest of it is 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 uh, fairly easy in comparison. No, okay. And now I have to ask, not to be not to be a smart aleck, but I do have to ask since we talked about it: what business problem does selling to zebras solve? Ooh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> so we we've been talking about zebras, right? And and uh, you know when you when you look at your customer base, and you analyze it, we we know statistically that eighty nine percent of your revenue comes from zebras, literally eighty nine percent. That's the number. It's Pareto. It's a Pareto principle thing. And and one hundred and fifty percent of your profits come from those eighty nine percent of those customers. So what we do, what the problem we solve is, we help you find, close, implement, retain and expand more zebras. Nice. So there's a lot of companies out there that, you know, and I've, I've worked for smaller companies and larger companies. You'd always end up in that situation where it's like, hey, uh, 80% of our revenue is coming from one customer. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good situation to be in. How do we, you know, now go find another one, replicate it, right? And then, of course, you know, the salesmen, the consultants, they scamper out going, oh, crap, well, how am I supposed to do this? Uh, so it's a, it's a great problem to solve. It's a great problem to go after. <laughs> Yep. And we, we put a lot of time into that simple answer. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So let's change the direction one more time here. We ask all of our guests kind of two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply, you are a revenue executive. You're running a software company. That makes you a, I, I call them targets, but that some people don't like that. We'll say prospect that some people want to sell to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, in my head, it didn't seem that unfortunate, but I got called on it by a previous guest. So we'll say you are a prospect uh, that some people are going to go after. I'm curious, how does somebody who uh, you don't know, don't have a relationship with, how do they get in front of you and build credibility, capture your attention uh, to talk to you about problems you may have that they could solve? So, you, you know, you have to you have to learn how to create a buying experience for your prospect because, you know, when somebody says the word salesperson, the, the you know the the image that's always conjured up <laughs> isn't positive, right. even for us, right. right in this in this profession. So, because nobody wants to be sold. Um, and, and and it feels really good to go through a buying experience. So you, and that's not easy. And you have to pivot till you get it right. Um, and the second thing is is to come with a knowledge of my business. So if you're going to call on me, make sure you understand what it is we do and can communicate the problem that you think you solve for me and tell me why you think you found that I have it. So prove to me that you've done your homework, that I have it, even if I don't know I have it. And then if you helped me, tell me what value would be created. Because I, I may know intuitively, but I don't want to have to do your work for you. Right. Right. Yeah. So 
it's back to that earn the right earn the right to it is earn the right to engage and then capture some of my time uh, that's exactly right and and when sellers do that with me i'll talk with them because i'm impressed right. you know i and i you know other sellers you know sellers like to talk to people that get it right, <laughs> right. i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always a great strategy. If you can't get into an account, call one of their account execs because they'll tell you everything you want to know. I mean, salespeople will, we'd love to talk. Yes. Excellent. All right. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there was one thing you could tell sales marketing or, or consultants that you think would help them be more effective, beat their targets, make more money, be more successful, what would it be and why? So, it's it's practicing that buying experience it's 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 it really does still go back to that again because you know the statistics i think it's idc says that 57% of the sale is done today before they ever call you um I don't know if I agree with that. Some people say even more of that, more of it's done because they, they, they look you up on the web. They have a realization of their problem. But what I would say is you still have to take over the buying experience and, and turn it into something that, that you guide them through that that allows them to opt out. So it's it's not like you're manipulating or spinning them or anything like that. It's it's where you you demonstrate why they're your zebra. And we we actually our software actually allows you to show them right in your software why you're a good fit and let them decide that they're a good fit. Let them come to the realization and then agree on the next step and the next logical step, which which you're guiding and, and there's and there's flexibility there. But but you're creating a journey that they're directing. But because you're in the right place, because you did it, I'll steal your words, did it with respect. It feels good to them. And if you can't build a business case around the solution, you'll exit. And and that's part of your message. And and that feels good to them, too, because you're not just trying to sell them something. You're working to create a buying experience to make sure that you, as well as them, are in the right place. Excellent. Excellent. Jeff, I can't thank you enough for the time today. If a listener's interested in talking more about the topics we touched on or wants to engage with you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Selling to zebras.com. Okay. We're, we're easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, again, I can't thank you enough for the time. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you, Chad. It's been a very enjoyable experience for me, too. Excellent. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode. Please check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, families, coworkers. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. We do use those reviews to determine what guests and what content to produce for you guys. But until next time, we at Value Prime Solutions wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.